When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Justin, what's your, what's your philosophy on uh, marketing? Like, what, how do you how do you approach it? Well, that's a really direct question to kick <laughs> off the show here. Jeez. Yeah, man. Um, well, I, I like to approach it from a standpoint of giving value, right? We're, we're giving value, building relationships, and uh, at the end of the day, I, I try to do my best to avoid some of what I would call the sleazy tactics. Although some of them are gonna, no matter what, you're gonna weave a few of those in because. Uh, Humans have certain behaviors and psychological wiring. And, and, and it's how you met your wife. And what? That's how, yeah, yeah, that's that's how, how I did it. it. That's right. That's how, that's how you met your wife. Yeah, with the sleazy tactics. Hey, this is uh, not supposed to be on the air, though. Well, okay. you know what? It's just between you and I. No one listens to the show except our seven listeners. And one of them <laughs> is, you know, I'm married to. So, uh, But uh, my, I, I've always thought that what would be interesting is really attacking it from an inside-out perspective, talking with the people and figuring out how to switch things, switch knobs and turn dials. And, uh, and I, I, I just met somebody who knows all about this. What? Probably way more than me. Yeah. No way. Yeah. People know more than me, believe it or not. And, well, that uh, I believe, but the part that you, you met someone that knows all the stuff, that's the part that's, that's hard to believe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's true. Uh, but, uh, let's, uh, let's find out what that's all about. I'm Andro Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Justin, are you ready to meet our guest? Yes, I am ready. Well, tell us all about her. Absolutely. Uh, today, uh, we're joined by Amber Vilhauer. And Amber's life was never the same after a traumatic rock bottom moment when she was 16 years old, which I'm sure we're going to hear about. And a series of uh, ugly events culminated one dark and lonely night when she was badly beaten by five girls. And since that moment, Amber's consciously faced her fears and stepped into her highest and best self. Uh, in 2007, after breaking several national records for Cutco Cutlery, um, which I've known a lot of people that have been very successful from that company, she founded her highly reputable company, NGNG Enterprises, No Guts, No Glory. And Amber is a highly fulfilled in her work um, person. She's helping authentic leaders get their message out to the masses through a dynamite integrated online platform. And she's uh, today, Amber has supported well over a thousand entrepreneurs, including best-selling authors like Les Brown, Joel Kamm, Lisa Nichols, Bill Walsh, Sandra Yancey, and Mark Victor Hansen. And Amber and her team have created more than 650 websites and made more than 30 books hit number one on uh, as, as bestsellers. So please welcome to the show, Amber Vilhauer. Amber, Woo! how are you today? Dude, you guys are awesome. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. For yeah, wait, we wait until the end of the show and then <laughs> yeah. that conversation. And then again. re-review the show at that point. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, so Amber, for 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 our, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I I, I want to find out uh, just in general, like tell us what you do and why you do why why do you do what you do. I love what I do. So let me start by saying I love what I do and who I get to do it for. Um, my company, like you said, builds websites. We do bestseller book launches. I'm kind of an internet marketing geek. I got into this world back in about 2006, just before starting my company. I was at this event and I was just doing event planning, basically. I was managing speakers and helping with a little bit of the marketing. So this event was teaching business owners how to raise capital for their business and how to market online. Well, back then, I didn't even know what a blog was. I knew nothing about the online world. But there was something about it as I was watching these speakers talk I just thought, now that looks like a challenge. Now, you did say that I came from Cutco Cutlery. It's very competitive. It definitely woke up the achiever in me. And so when I saw this, I thought, this looks really interesting. I went home. I taught myself code. I set up my own website. I started researching about search engine optimization and Google AdWords and copywriting and social media. And I started just blogging about my findings. And then all of a sudden, somebody from Canada reached out on my contact form and said, could you do that for me? And I was hmm. like, I don't even know this person. Sure, I could do this for you. I'll well, Google it second, if I don't though. know how. <laughs> you, you said you taught yourself code. Like, at what level do you take that to? Do you I mean just HTML code or do you like Not crazy. CSS? Well, CSS, yeah. Okay. Just enough That's to be impressive. a little, little PHP, a little yeah. just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Crashed a few sites along the way, oh, learned yeah. some hard lessons, but you know, I I just enjoyed the process. I like a good challenge. And I liked being able to see what you could create just from tweaking a few characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. And it's funny because Justin and I, one of the things that we uh, bond over, like the one of the reasons that we're friends, I think. Uh, besides the fact that he keeps drawing me into this, doing this podcast, uh, is that uh, uh, we we both go by, and we've done this, like we, he and I have pitched jobs together, and uh, somebody says, hey, do you guys know how to do this? And we kind of look at each other, and we're like, sure. Totally. And then we go on the drive home, we're like, I have no idea. Well, you know, let's take some Linda classes, and then, you know, we'll just, and, and the great thing about it is once you know something like that, no one can take it away from you. It's like you have an employable skill. It's amazing. You're my people. That's yeah, basically right. what you're saying. Say yes and figure it out later. It's a philosophy to live by. Um, mm -hmm. I did want to say, though, that it's interesting because back in like 2006, 2007, having PHP and CSS and uh, HTML knowledge was like gold. Now, I mean, it's getting easier and easier with all these uh, website mm -hmm. builders that are kind of pre-developing that kind of content for you. So it's not... But it, but a lot of it, if you want to do customizations, things like that, it's still uh, it's still an important important skill. Super um, important. And it's something that I've had to pick up along the way, just from like I've never even studied it, but I just picked it up because I'm constantly just making small tweaks, editing, and just through experience, you kind of pick that stuff up if you're doing website edits and things like that. So that is what happened yeah. for me. I mean, everything that I've learned is pretty much self taught. Google is an incredible tool, and it blows oh, yeah. my mind that people don't use it more. And YouTube's part of Google, so we could just call that all Google. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, and, and Google also offers certification courses on uh, search engine optimization. Yeah, for free. So, uh, so I want to, I want to go back just a little bit because uh, one of the things that Justin uh, said alluded was, to, alluded to, no, <laughs> you were in your in your bio uh, that you had uh, a traumatic experience when you were attacked by a gang of girls. Yeah, man. It was crazy. What happened? What was that about? <laughs> well. Um... 
I will say that I was very lonely growing up. I came from a great home. Like my, my parents were great people. I lived in a safe place. Um, but I was lonely from day one. My, my older sister cast a very big shadow and she was like the perfect star child, straight A student, Miss Teen Arizona. She had all the friends. And I was kind of like the loser, like pest little kid that was following her around. And it just created some suffering growing up. And then when I went into school, for whatever reason that I still don't understand today, I just never really had friends growing up. And I was very shy. The shyness turned into more loneliness. And by the time I went into like middle school, high school, when kids kind of start to become jerks and they're testing the boundaries of like how to be a good person, um, I still didn't have very many friends and I was more shy and more inward. And then I just kind of snowballed, to be honest. And I started creating this reality on the outside that matched what I felt like on the inside, pretty worthless. And how I got to that point matters less, but I did get to this point, 16 years old, where honestly, I was just trying to do the right thing by sharing information with somebody. They took it the wrong way, used it against me. Five girls jumped me one night at a party that I did not realize was set up for me. There were about 60 kids at this party and no one helped me. And it was just this shocking moment that woke me up. And I just thought, is this my life? Like, is this the way it's going to be? And those questions scared the absolute hell out of me. And I realized that nobody was going to come and save me. I had to save me. So I started to look at well, what kind of a person would I have to be to actually be proud of myself? And I started making different decisions every day to turn into somebody that I would be proud to be. For example, I remember in my junior year in high school, I got a D on this English paper and my normal self would have been to like, well, of course I got a D and just been pissed and made bad decisions or sulked or whatever. But instead I thought, well, that's not what I would be proud to be. Instead, I went in for office hours and Mr. Stein was shocked to see me there, but I actually made an effort. He allowed me to redo my paper. I got a B. So it was little moments like that that real that made me realize that I had to do the work and nobody else was going to help me. I ended up graduating with honors and I ended up finding my way into Cutco that really opened me up. Tons of recognition in that that organization. Now, now you, explain Cutco for the, for those of yeah. uh, our listeners who don't know it. <laughs> it's basically high-end kitchen knives. And what is so interesting about this is I had never sold anything a day in my life before Cutco, but Cutco targets college students and they say, just go do in-home presentations. We'll teach you exactly what to say and how to do it. It's only with housewives. So it's safe. It's referral only. And even if you sell nothing, we're still going to pay you. So there's no pressure. And I thought, well, I could do that if they tell me what to do. And the product is outrageous. It's so good. And literally I went out that first weekend. I did what they told me to do. And that next Monday I walked into the office surrounded by applause. And I was one of the top salespeople Hmm. out of my training class of almost a hundred people. Now, did you do door to door as part of that? Like what what were the outreach components of Cutco? It was only referral. Only referral. Okay. And they, and who's, who's generating the referrals? They, they're giving you referrals or you're getting them from you're asking. Yeah. I would go see you. I'd finish my whole presentation at the end. I'd say, I only get paid for people that I have permission to go see. 
Would you know a couple of friends, neighbors, anybody that would be willing to help out a college student? I get paid regardless of whether or not, you know, and it's like, I can't believe I still remember this. It's <laughs> a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, these are nice housewives. They see a nice kid trying to do good in the world and help herself through college. And they, of course, they want to help you out. Um, it was just a, it's a really great culture. It woke me up to what's possible I loved that feeling of achievement and recognition. So over the next five years, you saw me just crushing national records and moving up into management and recruiting and training and speaking. It was like, I just woke up, but it all happened from that 16 year old moment of just. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, on a couple of reasons, I mean, in storytelling, they talk about the inciting incident, what drives your character. Uh, and, and that's about, you know, we've all had that when we were at, at, at that age, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, when there's like that thing that happens. And sometimes it's small, right? Uh, you know, for me, it was when Kenny Stakis threw a rock at me. What a dick. <laughs> you still not over that yet? Man, <laughs> that was a hard rock. But, uh, uh, but the point, the point is, is that, is that, I mean, I'm, I, I hear your story and on one level it, it could be, it could sound like, oh, well, so what? She got you know, her ass kicked in high school, who didn't, right? But on the other hand, it's like, it's, it's, it's also these tiny little moments that you make choices and, and you really go, well, I could be this way or that way. And for a long time, it sounds like you told a story about yourself that you were shy and which expressed it on the outside, which made other people treat you that way, which made you express that more. And so when you made that decision to not be that way, uh, and, and it's, we're living in a, a day and age that, that, you know, people need to start making these decisions about where they stand, right? Because yes. it's all about that right now. So it sounds like based on this and, and realizing that you were able to switch the story that you were telling yourself, you were, you kind of took this philosophy and like started doing what you're doing with marketing, which is a little bit different. Can you explain totally. a little it, bit about that? It really is. I, you know, what I like in it too, is that once I started to feel seen and heard and valued in Cutco, I got excited to do that for other people. So through the course of management and entrepreneurship in that organization, I started to help new salespeople coming in see their value, right? So that has been a reoccurring theme all of these years. But yes, it was random that I would run that event. I would learn about internet marketing, but the achiever side of me was like, wow, this looks like a good challenge. It really wasn't until a couple of years later that I started to see the fulfillment in building websites. It was like, wow, so these people come in and they're speakers and they're authors and, and they have this message, but they probably don't have full validation in what they're doing. So maybe I could see them, I could listen to them, I could hear them, I could see their value, breathe that validation into them. I'll build them a website, which is really just a vehicle for them to get their message out to the world. And that will make me feel so fulfilled having a bigger impact in the world through the clients that I work with and the way that I interact with them. So relationships is really at the foundation of everything that I do, everything I live, everything I believe in. And I feel like my company is just a vehicle to get these right people into my world so I can breathe that life and validation into them and then they can go off and, and make the world a better place. And it's highly fulfilling for me. I think it's I think it's interesting though that you um you kind of describe this where you know when you're working with your clients you're doing some personal development work on them <laughs> like part of your part of your work it's funny how that like ties into like an internet marketing website building job but it does 
because a lot of people that might, you know, that might be candidates for you that may not, you know, may have make excuses like I don't have the money or I'm not ready for this yet. Uh, it might be just an issue of confidence. And so it sounds like you not only kind of cured yourself of your own confidence issues, but you've also whatever, whatever you picked up there, you're, you're teaching to others um, as you're working with them as marketing clients too. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do any like personal development work to kind of get to this philosophy of uh, kind of taking cause for your own uh, re- responsibility for your own life? Or was that something that just naturally kind of came to you? Um, I just, I just want to kind of close the loop on that. Cause I'm, I'm just curious if you, you know, studied like Tony Robbins or NLP or anything like that, where they kind of teach this stuff too. I will say that my mom, she was a single mom. My parents divorced when I was five, they co-parented. So it was fine. It was normal to me. But my mom was a pretty spiritual person. I mean, she was always pointing inward and and developing consciousness in me from a very young age. So I believe that that definitely um, had a piece of it. But honestly, I don't know. I think you still kind of have to veer off the path and make your own decisions and experience it yourself. But then when I went into Cutco, that environment is very much about personal development. And through that environment, I met Tony Robbins when I was 21 And I was like, wow, this is really (laughs) exciting. Uh, So it just kind of kept progressing pretty naturally. It was like stepping stones along the path. And now I just see the value that whatever I want on the outside, it really starts from whatever is going on on the inside. So I better make sure that it's a good place to live on the inside if I want to have a great place to live in the world and have those experiences. So how do you... um... How did you make the switch from like building websites to doing, because really what you're doing is having this conversation with somebody, you're really connecting with them to find their authenticity. And then from there, you're, you seem to extract the story of what they're doing. I mean, one of the things that I find amazing about so many businesses, if you ask them, like, what are you doing here? Like, what is the spaceship that you call your business? And what is the destination? What is the mission of this spaceship? And most people are like, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Freak, get out of my office, spaceships. No, no, I bet I'm, I, in all seriousness, it's like, it's like I, I do feel that way, though, that your business is kind of a spaceship. It takes you to a destination. And, and so, like, how did you come to that? Well, I definitely feel like at the, the core of the purpose, it's to help people feel valued. Right now you see why from my 16 year old self, because I didn't feel valued back then. And now I'm on this mission to do that for other people. There's a lot of people hurting in the world. And I feel like if everybody in the world felt valued, how different of a world we would be living in right now. Right. Mm. So it's pretty good purpose to have. I That's think. what the protests are about. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. When you really start to think about it, like, isn't that what everything is about? Isn't that what war is about? It's like, it's crazy. Um, But I will say that in the first two years of my business, I didn't take it seriously. I mean, I thought this is just like a hobby and I'm making some side cash. Cool. Like it's fulfilling. I'm interested. I'm achieving some cool things. But I didn't really take it seriously until a few years later. And when I started to see like, wow, these people just keep coming to me. Where are they? It's like, this is pretty cool. This feels really easy to me. Um, I started to look at the patterns. What I saw was I was closing about 25% of the time. And I would have a mixed bag of clients. It would be like a a distributor for restaurant products. It would be an author. It would be somebody that was like doing solar electrical parts and some rental agency. 
And I think like, well, who, what projects actually light me up and make me feel fulfilled? It was always the authors and speakers. Gosh, I find them so inspiring and the message they want to share. So once I started to connect these dots, I thought that's who I want to work with the most. And I started shifting into, I just work with authors, speakers, and coaches and influencers. And interestingly enough, those people, they absolutely have confidence gaps, right? Like they think they have a good idea. They've learned it from their own experience, but now I have to like get that out to the world. That's really unnerving. That's scary. I don't want to get criticized. What if people don't like it? How is that going to make me feel? So it's actually pretty perfect that I would come in and help those people just really see them, see their value, breathe that back to them. So now they're like, oh, I do have something. I can go do this. And then they do. So how did you make that transition from clients all over the map, million different verticals to, uh, to this narrow uh, client avatar? As far as like a, a marketing perspective goes, um, what, sure. what did you shift to do that? Did you raise your prices at this point too? Or um, did you just change the, the channels that you were advertising or marketing through? Like, and what were you doing? I pretty steadily have always increased my prices, but it wasn't because of this decision. It was mm-hmm. just based on demand more than anything. Um, and I think it was just simple tweaks on the, the messaging, right? We're always tweaking our messaging and our positioning because we are humans evolving every day. And then we get bored with what was, and we're looking ahead at what's new. And then we change the messaging and positioning again a little bit. So that was part of it. Um, but I've, in terms of marketing, word of mouth has always been big for me. Um, and strategic partnerships has always been something I focused on since day one. Um, There was a publishing company out in California that I connected with, and then they ended up wanting to pay me to teach me how to do launches so I could do launches for their authors. And I thought, yeah, you can teach me that. I'll do that. (laughs) You can pay me to learn. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, And that was what really started the book launch side Mm. of things. Um, And then you fast forward through the years, like I have strategic partnerships right now. There's a speaking community and I'm their exclusive vendor for websites and marketing. And I just build websites for their community. They need somebody reliable that can do that kind of work. So I just have a constant focus on aligning myself with the right people. So circling back, Andros, to what you were saying about the taking a stand where we are in today's society, who you decide to align yourself with right now is one of the most important things, period, that you can be focused on. Um, but those strategic partnerships just drive constant leads in. So I don't really feel I do a lot of my marketing and I'm happy to talk to you about that, but it's also felt relatively easy for me to get the kind of client flow that I've been looking for. So do you do any paid advertising at all, like Facebook or Google, anything? I only do it for one product that I have called Leverage to Scale. Mm-hmm. And that's basically driving into a webinar and then directly into a sales conversation. Um, but that's not my only lead source for that particular product either. I've never been impressed with Facebook ads. I keep trying to find like the next agency and it's, it's always a disappointment. Mm. I don't know why that is, but I keep trying, you know, you never know. Well, I, I will tell you this, that Facebook ads took me like five years before I had a successful campaign. <laughs> Oh so God, it's like, it's, it's a lot harder than they make it out to be on all, uh, yeah. all that stuff. hundred percent. Um, but I did want to ask, I did, I did want to ask a little bit about like going back to the origin of this company though. Um, your, your company, you called it no guts, no glory. Um, N G N G. And w- tell me about the, the kind of the genesis of that name. And then also you scaled this company to seven figures. How long did that take also? I, wanna, I just want to hear those two things. 
Um, took a while because I didn't take it seriously for most of the time. I mean, honestly, it was even as much as five years ago where I thought, this is just a nice little business and it's just a placeholder until I have kids and then I'll figure out my next bigger career from there. I'm not even joking you. That was my mindset. So I had a very, very comfortable business, high six figures. I was happy, but I, it's like I didn't even really take it that seriously until probably three years ago. So the, the million dollar mark happened fairly recently. And now I can see my, my growth happening exponentially faster each year because I'm focused on it. And I'm thinking like, wow, I really see the potential here. And is the name just tied to your story, the name of the business? The name was um, a phrase that my mom used to say to me all the time growing up, no guts, no glory. And I just thought, what better thing to remember every day as I face my fears and it turns out the clients love it too, because then they get to kind of touch that as well. And then it helps them move through their fears. Yeah. So you, you help shift the story by how you show up Yeah. And, yep. in, on that level. Um, so that, that's, that's pretty interesting. And, and you, you said you actually have several different types of businesses. Can you kind of break those down into mm-hmm. what those avenues are? Well, it's just the one business, NGNG, um, but I have the product line leverage to scale. I have a live streaming division that I call standout.live, um, and then I've got the bestseller book launches. And then I kind of look at Amber Villhauer as its own division in the company because I'm doing a lot of speaking. I'm writing a book right now. Um, so a lot of collaborations, masterminds, fun retreats, stuff like that. And what are the, each of those products? Like, how do you, what, what do they, tell me what kind of those offerings are. Leverage to Scale is a training program that trains a virtual assistant on your team how to do all of your content marketing for you. So like we are doing this this episode right now, my training program would teach them how to watch it, do keyword research, optimize the video on YouTube, turn it into a blog post, do all of your social media on all major platforms, send an email to your email list, track the metrics, keep you informed of your growth. And it's basically like a library of systems and procedures that I update on a regular basis. And I answer your VA's questions so that you don't have to. It's plugging in a marketing operation directly into your company. I'm just on this mission to give control back to business owners because I look around and I think business owners have a huge disadvantage. What they're told to do Facebook ads and hire this (laughs) agency and that thing. And you need a 96 week funnel set up. And it's like, these poor business owners are not making it. They're just going into debt, and I'm pissed off about it. So I'm trying to do something. Let me. Let me. Uh, I, I want to ask on that note right there because this yeah. is kind of something I've been kind of internally debating. Um, I haven't really brought this this up, but what's your philosophy on like should a business owner know a little bit about like everything? I mean, should they know a little bit about Facebook ads? Should they know a little bit about copywriting? Should they know a little bit about email, social media? Because I hear different takes on this. Some people just say outsource everything and I For know. me, like I've found success by being pretty knowledgeable about like a wide array of different topics. And I'm not sure if I'm messing up here and slowing down my growth or if I'm doing it right. But um, like that's I don't think I could do it any other way personally. So I just wanted to kind of get your take on that, too. I think teach their own. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a right or a wrong here, but I can tell you that by learning it first and being knowledgeable about it, I'm a much better manager to my team. Mm-hmm. People don't, you know, push me around. I I remember kind of earlier on a a web programmer that I would hire say, 
oh yeah, this page should take me about five hours to build. I'm like, really get out of here. Cause I could do it in 20 minutes and you're just, you're padding. And I know you are. Um, and I also like having that knowledge so that I can be a better teammate for my team as well. We can have better conversations if I can be a part of the day-to-day in that way. And I also just like being empowered in general. Um, I like having knowledge, but most there, there are several people that are like, I don't want to know. Don't even tell me about it. Just tell me the one thing you want me to do. Teach their own is what I would have to say on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, some people are just not cut out to, uh, you, you know, know the do their capacity. social media. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. And and it's, it's interesting because I'm sure you run into these clients too, where you try and do, you know, the spooky work. And, I, you know, and I, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from because there are times when you go into a client and it's almost like the walls and the ceiling disappear and it's like uh, you turn into a wizard and you're just like, what do you really need here? And you speak to them in a way that, you know, flips those switches. And when that happens, it's, it's glorious. And other people just don't want to go there because they're afraid. They're, you know, I, I think, I think there are two, two things happening with people right now, as you were saying that they're, you, you, who you stand with is important, like what you represent. And if you're, there's an old way of being that is desperately trying to hold on and the human race wants to make a a change. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, that if you, if, if people are afraid to make that, that shift, uh, then, then not only are they holding themselves back, but they're holding all of us back. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. So, so what, what do you see as kind of what's happening now in the world? There's massive unrest. We're recording this right now, uh, in, uh, June, the middle of June, uh, 2020, the world has, you know, it's only six months into this decade and it's already been the longest decade ever. No kidding. So, so, <laughs> Murder hornets? Come on now. Uh, you forgot about the murder hornets, didn't you? Didn't you? Don't forget the locusts. Uh, so, so what, what? What do you think is happening? Like, what on a kind of a spiritual? You, you said your mom was a spiritual person. I, I don't know if you buy into that, Huey. Uh, I sure do. But, yeah. but uh, what? What? What do you think is happening? I think it's the great divide. I think it really is a calling to evolve. And if you don't evolve, then I don't know what's going to happen. I can't tell you that piece of it, but I know I want to be the one to evolve and grow and get through this and make the world a better place. Um, it's just there's such a lack of consciousness on on certain parts of our world right now, and it just it's not going to be sustainable moving forward. Like we have to evolve. Yeah. And what I'm seeing from a marketing perspective online, it's it's good. I welcome it. Thank you. Finally, you know, enough of the the tricks and the scarcity and the sexy marketing headline. Like, let's just be genuine. Let's support our people. Let's build real relationships. Let's market in a way that isn't like tricks mm-hmm. and, and mirrors, but like, let's actually try to get to know the people that we are attracting in and yeah. let's keep our customers happier longer and let's create better experiences. I It drove me crazy that even six months ago, the whole talk was about, oh, it's the size of your list that matters, you know? And I'd look at these people that it would have 100,000 people on their Facebook page, and it's like one like on their post. Mm-hmm. It wow. was such a scam. It was fake. And I look at, like, I work with a lot of influencers, and I'm launching books, so I see other influencers and their reach and the numbers that they put out there. And yet their engagement is tiny. It's nothing. 
So is it really about the size of the list or is it about the quality of the list? Is it about the the relationships? And I've been preaching that forever. And it's like now what I'm seeing is the online world is catching up to that. And they're saying, hmm, maybe it is about those relationships. Well, not only that, but I mean, like email marketing in particular, uh, the, a lot of the email providers like Gmail and Yahoo are actually looking at open rates and click-through rates as a means of whether you end up in spam or in the inbox too for deliverability. <sighs> so that kind of stuff is actually affecting whether you even get into the inbox now. So, I, I mean, we're, we're slowly but surely going to be moving more and more in that direction of quality over quantity. So anyone that's preaching quantity is kind of in an old paradigm at this point, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah. and that's something that Justin and I talk a lot about on the show is niching down to your to your ideal audience. And most of the successful people that we've had on here have said the exact same thing. Uh, uh, and we we are successfully uh, doing it with our seven listeners that we haven't <laughs> moved. You know, so we love that's you. Good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so what do you like as far as as if somebody wanted to kind of launch their brand, right? Somebody is looking to either become an influencer. I mean, uh, God being like nowadays, if a young person wants to be an influencer, I, I, I'm like, can't you just be a stripper or a cam person instead? Cause God, it's like really, uh, but, but, uh, so, but if somebody did want to like launch a brand, they, they were thinking about like, you know, they're just starting out. They, they, they maybe have a podcast with thinking about it, but they're not quite there. What are the steps that you would recommend what did you so do? someone can start that process? Yeah. You have to have a website. I believe that the website should be experiential, mm-hmm. meaning I want to experience who you are before I read a bunch of texts where you have to tell me who you are and what you believe and what you do. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the differentiators in what I'm doing with websites right now. Do you have an example of that? Well, you're doing it through video. So for example, you go to my website, ambervillehower.com. The first thing you see is a video background and I'm on stage. I'm flipping my camera around. I'm doing a social media thing. I'm recording a video for YouTube. I'm writing something down. Like, and it's very fast paced. I'm all over. I'm dancing on a stage. I'm in the audience. And when you see that, you're like, whoa, who's this chick? Right. But then you would go to like a client of mine, Indrani. And Indrani is an advocate for domestic abuse. And she has a much calmer tone. And so she speaks in these massive stadiums and you see her slowly walking out on stage and the transitions are slower and there's a different tent over it. And it's just a very different vibe, but that matches who she is. And people are making decisions based on gut instinct, based on emotions now more than ever before. So if you look at me on this video background and then there's a video at the, at the beginning, that's like a, sort of an introduction video. It's three minutes where face to cam, I'm telling you who I am and what I do and how I do it, who I do it for and what I want you to do next. If you're looking at just those two videos and you think, ugh, I don't like her. She's too smiling. She talks too fast. Well, they're going to move on and I won't even know that person exists. But the right people, they're like, wow, I feel alive. I just, I don't know what that chick does, but I want to work with her. Those are the people that get attracted in. So the more you can express who you are in video on your website or even in written word on social media, the more powerful it's going to be, the more, the faster you're going to attract in the right people you want to work with. So the website's a must. And and I saw, I saw the video, uh, on on the website and it's (laughs) it's great. 
I loved it. No, you know why I loved it? Because it was you were very clear and you were very succinct. You were, the sound quality was good. The image quality was good. And you were just like, this is who I am and this is what I can do for you. And I offer these products and they're called this. And we, I, you know, I'd love to work with you. It's, it's, just, it's very simple, very mm-hmm. clear. And uh, when, when I, it gives me a sense of who you would be to work with, right? Yes. Which is great. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you get involved with, with the company or somebody and you're just like, oh, my God, this person's awful, right? But I, I don't get that sense. So obviously that works. So you, you, you also do a lot of video with your clients. And uh, do you have, like, a, some of your team that does video and editing and stuff like that? I do have a member on my team who does the video backgrounds. But otherwise, I... I teach my clients how to do their own video. I really Mm -hmm. want to empower people. Like it does not have to be scary. That's the thing. If you are just yourself, right? No smoke and mirrors. Don't be scripted and sexy and perfect and professional and all uptight because it's going to be inconsistent when they're having the sales call with you or when they onboard with you. And that's just going to create conflict. Like we want consistency throughout so you've got to just be who you are. And by the way, it's so freeing when you get to do that anyway. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that what you're doing is you're, you're being transparent. Now, what about, and, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt here, but I, I just wanted to ask, when, when somebody visits the website, they're getting kind of the feel for who you are as a person. They're getting, uh, maybe they're, they're, let's say they're resonating with it. What's the next step on the website? Are you, are you selling products directly on the website, like low entry offer? Are you just are you getting them on the email list with a, a back end kind of funnel that does the work? Uh, is there like a, a free automated training? Like what, what are you doing? So I having I have not um, visited the website. Full disclosure. No, that's okay, cool. So. No, no, that's fine. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter, right? So for the website side of things, the customer journey is I want you to watch that intro video. And then I want you to go to my website page where I have another video that tells you every step of how I build websites and what the timeline is. Then I want you to download a pricing menu, which gets you on my email list. The pricing menu has the full process, testimonials, portfolio, all of the rates, all of the payment plan options. And then after you get that, that's the first time that I send you my calendar and say, would you like to have a call? And even that's a shift is the idea of being transparent with pricing up front. Let it go. And I think that's, I think that's a big change that's coming because you know, for a yeah. long time, people hid their prices behind gate, you know, gated it. God, I hate it's that. It's so silly. It's small thinking. It's small thinking. You're going to find out eventually. People do it. <laughs> people do it because they don't want their competitors to know what they're up to. And it's like, yeah. why? There's plenty of work for everybody. I've literally consulted other agencies on my exact process and encouraged them to do it because I'm not worried. There's plenty of work for everybody. And somebody that's going to be a fit for that agency probably wouldn't be a fit for mine. So it doesn't matter anyway. Why not yeah. help each other out? I, I once went to a, a I once went to a chamber event where somebody didn't want to post on uh, on LinkedIn because they were afraid that their competitors could see their connections. And it's like, if your clients are that no. fragile that they're going to leave you because they know there's a competitor out there. You're, you're doing something. Yeah, you don't wrong. have clients. You have a stalker yeah. is what you have. Uh, I do want to hear the other, the other steps though, because we, we said website yeah. was number one. So let's continue with the steps of, of launching this business. Yeah. So, well, I just want to answer that with leverage to scale, somebody goes and opts into a demo video, then they can book a call. Whereas with my live streaming division, you see a video, you opt in, and then I personally follow up with you right away. 
Um, and then with the book launch side of things, there's more information up front. And I kind of hint at the pricing, like it can be anywhere from 20 grand to 100 grand. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, like I have them fill out an application to set up a call with me where then I get to know their situation and then I submit a more formal proposal. So I say that because the customer journey is different depending on what I'm doing. And just because it works for one division doesn't mean it's going to work for another which makes it a little bit more muddy. Um, you can't just duplicate your efforts, but it, at least I'm I'm meeting the client where they are. I'm giving them as much upfront as I possibly can so that they feel more confident going into the relationship and the buying conversation. That's cool. And and do you, um, uh, do you use a certain template, like a WordPress template that you like to use or do you like- For uh, websites? Yeah. We're all custom coding. <laughs> um, so we use WordPress exclusively. Uh -huh. And right now we're using um, Beaver Builder as, you know, the kind of the drag and drop builder, but all of the design is custom. Yeah. So we just use that to make it easier for our clients to maintain the websites moving forward. Have you ever done use Divi? I have. Um, yeah, I like it. I feel like it's a little bit more robust and clunky than what most people need. And so I yeah. just worry about it kind of bloating up the website. Um, sometimes there can be some plugin conflicts. Um, so I don't know. I'm not opposed to using it, but it does slow things down. Yeah. I, 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 I have some clients that have like an old website and I tried to do, use like a Divi builder and it doesn't go so well. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, so as far as now, like how has your business been affected by COVID at all? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it has. How so? Well, um, right before COVID hit, I had hundreds of thousands of dollars of proposals out for book launches and COVID hit and that died immediately. Not a single one went through. Mm. Then um, I had two clients cancel contracts with me, which I expected because they were speaking, they were speakers, like their business collapsed overnight. Um, so I was fine with that. Otherwise, the rest of my client base, I mean, just kept kept on. People didn't cancel their payments with me, which I was really surprised about. I was prepared for them mm -hmm. to cancel or to delay, but luckily that didn't happen. But there was a two-week period where I had nobody reaching out, no new calls, uh. nobody asking about my menu. Now, I didn't worry um, because I know human behavior, at least to a degree, Right. So what I did is I immediately secured my team. I had several calls a week and I just let it be an open forum about how are you feeling? What are you thinking? Your job is secure. I know how to get us through this. I then went and secured my clients, starting with the ones that were spending the most with us. And I just, I would do things for them well beyond the scope of the project. I didn't care about the scope. I cared about letting them know I was here and I was, I'm, I'm by your side. Um, the other thing that I did is um, I just felt this calling to lead. And so what I decided to do was I started a live stream series. I interviewed 40 of my favorite speaker friends in a two week period of time. And I just live streamed the conversations. Never once asked anybody to go sign up for my free offer or download my pricing menu. I just led and I just gave and I just tried to connect and be there for people and hold the space. And out of that, everything changed. I got 16 speaking engagements booked after that. The first one 
everybody was asking me about live streaming because during that two week period, my reach grew by more than 4,000%. It was remarkable. And so everybody's like, how did you do it? What did you do? And then people would say, could you do that for me? And I said, hell yeah, I could do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I literally had to build the live streaming division overnight within the first two weeks, we were grossing six figures out of that division. And it's just been continuing to take off ever since. So that's new. That's brand new here. Okay. Brand baby new. So, so are, we're are you, a month old. Do you, so you see, so you, you kind of had to invent a new product, if you will, right? Yep. And, and now and, the book launches are picking back up again, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And we're also attracting in more clients that want the full suite of everything that we do. The websites, leverage to yeah. scale, live streaming, and book launches. I think economic confidence is up. I don't know that it should be, but it is. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting because we, we, you know, one of the things, there's, there's two factors that are going to affect business moving forward with this whole thing. Uh, the, the first one being how people treat their employees during this time. I mean, there's going to be a moment that people are going to really look at Amazon and be like, all right, you were convenient, but now we got to deal with you. Like, you know, how you, you know, how you treated people, the meatpacking industries, uh, police, you know, all of these, all of these industries, you know, how they treat their employees, how they treat other people. It's, it's going to be radical in how people interact with, with these organizations. Uh, You know, whether or not something is, is made, in China and whether or not there's abuses going on in that particular area, right? So there's 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 going to be more focus on this type of thing. Uh, but the other thing is also having to pivot. Uh, a lot of companies are not able to like, okay, we've got this situation right now. How do we redefine our product to make it fit for what people need? And have to adapt. Yeah, have to adapt. I mean, more than ever. And and believe me, people. Uh, I've been right with almost every single one of my predictions since we've been doing this show. Uh, we unfortunately have not hit the end of this, and their no. like adaptation is going to be the key yes. to surviving, literally surviving yes. in, in the in the next uh, few years. So, so it's cool that you got that. But what do you say to somebody? How do you deal with somebody who isn't an adapter? Right? Like, how how do you deal with that type of client? I mean, it's kind of adapt or fail, adapt or die. I mean, truly, right? Yep. So, okay, you can sit around in your shock and do your old practices until your business implodes. I mean, that's that's your choice. We all have a choice, right? But you got to wake up and see how many industries are disrupted right now and how many things are changing. And I I can't say exactly where we're headed, but you know what? I'm being nimble. I'm being quick. I am documenting everything like crazy. Um, I'm preparing for another, you know, fall this this fall. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be a wild election. And I'm, you know, it's flu season now, all the other things that are going to be unfolding. Elections are crazy anyway, not to mention yeah. everything else that's happened. So, you know, it's just kind of common sense that you should wake up and, and try to prepare. But the other thing that I would say is that I think now is the time to be having as many conversations as possible. If you kind of don't know what to do or what's going to be the future of your industry, then just have more conversations and ask your customer base, like, what are you experiencing? What are you afraid of? What do you wish you had more of? And once you you hear something that you're like, oh, I, I could build that for them. I, I could do that for them. I could connect them with that. I could do this other thing. You just have to keep your ears really open right now, find the patterns, and then go all in with that one thing. You've got to secure your positioning. 
You've got to get market share. You've got to use your voice. You've got to be aggressive about getting it out there frequently and not just sitting around waiting and wondering. Um, those are some of the things I'm teaching. I think flexibility, like flexibility too. I mean, it kind of goes with adapting, but like, for instance, I had a client that was, uh, had a launch scheduled like March 30th, I think it was around, around there. So Ugh, right, you know, brutal. This is like, it's, you know, this is a year in advanced planning. He's lined up major, major JV partners to mail for him. And, and it was brutal. And we, we had internal debates. We, we went forward with it. Um, it actually turned out to be pretty successful. Uh, multi six figure launch. I mean, given the circumstances, I mean, it possibly could have hit seven figures without COVID happening, but <laughs> never know. But I, I think also, like, you know, we had to adapt the copy. We had to, you know, we didn't want to sound out of touch. Ha- oh, so, yeah. like, on the fly, like, every day before, we had all this pre written copy, but we had to adapt it Same. and change everything and, 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 uh, and adjust. And, and because of that, I think that's, you know, why we were able to kind of stay afloat and be successful with it. But uh. he, by, 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 he's being modest by saying we changed the copy. He, he wrote the copy. And, and for the record, Justin is one of the most brilliant. Like I read, I read what he wrote and it's, it was really, it was very touching. And uh, the fact that he came up with it on the fly is, well, is great. You. But that's one of those, yeah, but, but that's one of those things that that's you awesome. have to, you have to be, you have to be uh, adaptable. And uh, so if you were, if you were just to predict like what is going to happen, I don't know if you have that ability <laughs> Uh, what, what do you, what do you see? What, 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 how does marketing change? Like, what, what are you going to have to, what, yeah. what might you have to change if there, let's say there is a, like another market crash or something in the fall? I'll tell you what, I am all in with live streaming. I mean, forget about it. It's like, that's it. That's the one thing that I'm choosing to focus all of my energy and power on. Now we have clients that have a podcast and we're just adding on live streaming on top of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for them. But before COVID hit, live streaming was viewed more than six times over a pre-recorded video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can't mess with that. Why not do it? I've been studying live streaming for a year now. It actually came about because I was launching a book April 28th, so just a couple weeks after your launch. And I was thinking, how do I get this book launch to go viral? Live streaming. What if we could get all of the influencers to host Mike on their channels And then we got everybody to start watch parties, which will notify all of the people on the friends list that this live stream is happening. What if I could get people on Mike's email list to go live by themselves talking about why they like Mike and, oh, he's launching this book and you should go check it out, even though Mike isn't even on the show with them. So I just had this vision of 100 plus people going live during the launch week and getting that to go viral. Over the past year in preparation for that, I've been testing and experimenting like what incentives could I get to get more people to engage in the chat box or what would I have to tell the person that I'm interviewing to help them have a better performance so that the viewers were more engaged and watching the live stream for more minutes, right? So I've been deeply studying all of this and I'm not one to just keep that to myself. If you find me on YouTube, I have four videos that are more than an hour combined where I'm giving you all of my optimization secrets. I don't even like that word. Um, yeah, that's great. Tips, well, the things that I've learned about it. We'll put a link to that in the comments. I'm, I'm going to watch that. Oh, I mean, amazing. It's, it's true. I, I, I was blown away. I have a client that I've been working pretty closely with for the past year. And, uh, and when, uh, when this happened, they, their whole factory closed down and all the events, cause it was mostly like trade shows. That's they had to brutal. like, yeah, they, everything was canceled. 
So uh, they were like, well, we're going to have to do everything digitally now, Andros. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So uh, actually today, uh, this is, this is uh, my, my win for the day. Uh, we, I said, okay, let's, let's do a webinar on, you know, this, this product. And uh, so we did the webinar today and, and it was the first one they ever did. And uh, 215 people showed up. I was like, if I, I was like, if 50 people go come, I will be shocked. That's but awesome. I, yeah, but I, I really, I, I worked my ass off to make that happen. And it was, you know, it was a combination of like lead generation and then approaching those leads in a certain way. And then like, yeah, interacting with some of the other people in the network. Same thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I should write a whole blog about this because, you, you know, this, but this stuff works is basically it. And, and I cannot stress enough the more that you give away your knowledge, the more people are likely to hire you. And and those people who are like, oh, I'm not going to tell you that. It's like, oh, man, go to go to hell. Seriously. <laughs> like, just like, it's all we, scarcity. We, it is. Well, I, I mean, and this and this gets this gets into this this concept that, you know, again, w- one of the places that we're we're in in our in our world is that there's this idea out there that if somebody comes from a certain place or they have a certain skin color or they are a certain, they have a certain like monetary value, they're not worth anything. And it's, it's, it's robbing the human race because every human mind is, has value and can contribute something. And if we don't, if we don't collectively help those minds flourish, we are in deep, deep trouble. And, uh, our, our alien uh, <laughs> brothers and sisters will not make contact with us. They're waiting for us to wake up and, you know, smell the coffee. So, um, well, we, we gotta, we're coming to the end of the show. Wait, wait, but, real quick, uh, real quick. Before we, before we wrap up, I, I do have to close the loop on, like, the other steps for starting know, a business. Yeah, yeah. I we don't have to go in depth. We're not going to have time to go in depth on yeah. these. But if you could just, like, briefly I didn't let summarize. it go. Good. Thank you. I was bothering me. Um, So you got to have a website. Experiential is key. Then you just need to use your voice, right? So your platform, the the messages that you're sending out. I think if you could just dabble in live streaming, if that really freaks you out, start with video. Either way, you got to do video. Do a few pre-recorded. If you're the type of person that's like, but I don't have anything to say. Nobody wants to hear anything. It's not true. Whatever you take for granted, And you're like, well, doesn't everybody know that? The answer is no. And that's where you should start with your video. Um, So you're just giving education, you're giving inspiration and just conditioning yourself to do it on a regular basis. You'll start attracting people in and just engage with them. Ask them, what do you like? What do you want more of? What What are you worried about right now? And then you're listening and you're filling in the gaps and doing more videos and content from there. But honestly, it's just getting yourself out there in my mind. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Any, anything else? Like what, what other uh, bits of wisdom would you like to drop on us before we close out the show? Focus on strategic partnerships. Who else has the clients that you ultimately want to work with? And how mm. can you build a relationship with that company owner and add value to what they're doing by being able to fulfill their clients with the needs that they have, right? Um, so you're literally making them more value through that collaboration. The other thing is referrals, social proof, testimonials, right? But not just, oh, yeah, sure, Amber. You know, I get testimonials from time to time. But having a systematic approach around it. I have 900 testimonials, video and text-based, because I ask. 
And sometimes I'll ask at the end of a project before we're transitioning into the next phase. Sometimes I'll ask right out of the gates once they first sign up, hey, would you be willing to give me a one minute video on why you're so excited about whatever you just bought into or what you're feeling about me and my company at this point? It's just asking. Once you have a more systematic approach for referrals and testimonials, the thing just, just starts to grow like crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, and I got to tell you, my, my biggest regret in business is not doing that. Like not not really cultivating a uh, like a list, not not doing the testimonials, and not really keeping in good contact with my clients. Those three things, I think, I'd be way more successful. Uh, but uh, you know, but I have a five year old, and I'm tired. Word. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta ask. Uh, just to my last question before we get into the geeky, the geekiness stuff uh, is: What do you say to somebody that is just terrified of live streaming or video or that? Because that's like a very common thing that comes up. So well, I got an answer. I, I got one. an answer. Well, hold, let her answer hey, first, I, and then I'll hear no, you. No, come on, okay. man. Okay, all, all right. right, all right. She's our guest. <laughs> I don't mind. I just say it's not about you, right? It's about the person that you're trying to help. And once you get off of self, you get on purpose. And once you get off of, oh, I'm so scared, or what do I look like, or I need to lose weight first, you're on, you're focused on yourself, and this mm-hmm. isn't about you. So the more you can get out of your own head and focus that energy forward, think about one person, not the masses. Oh my God, if I thought about the masses, it would totally freak me out. No, I'm just going to think about one person that I love working with. And every time I think of that person, it just lights me up and like, that's who I want to attract in. So I'm going to think of that person when I'm on a podcast interview, I'm live streaming, I'm doing a video. Maybe that person changes week by week, but I drive that energy to thinking about that person and the magic unfolds from there. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's, it's, it's really... Okay, can you, can you beat that, Andros? Like yeah, what? what about your advice? Yeah, what's your advice, Andros? You had something yeah. to say. <laughs> Oh man, I, 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 I you can't beat it. No, I, I, actually, actually, I was going to say podcasting. Podcasting <laughs> is uh, so, the bar is so low on that right now. I mean, not quality, but I'm just, but that, how does that solve the live streaming problem? That's, you because know, if you, if, if, because some people really just don't like their face on camera and it, when, as soon as the camera's on it, like, and I've worked with people like this, I'm a little bit th- this way myself. As soon as I see myself on camera, I'm like, oh man. Really, but uh, but but pod, podcasting. Get out of your head, Andros. Get out of your head. I, I know. Totally. I know. Uh, no, but podcasting you. is is uh, is great because it's just the voice. It's more intimate, I think, and uh, I, I, it's it's a nice way to uh, to just put something out there without necessarily having to feel like you need to have be on and look a certain way. But I agree with you. Also, I mean, you know, the biggest critic you're ever going to have is yourself. And, uh, you know, most people are, are going to be looking at the energy that you are uh, giving rather than just, you know, what you look like. So and the more authentic you are, the more real you are, the, the, the more you're going to attract a perfect client. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know what I have to say to that? That Tell question, me. no guts, no glory. Mm. Bam! Good answer. Bam. So uh, where can we find you again? Where's the website? And uh, you're on LinkedIn and, and you have a YouTube everywhere. channel. Okay. I'm everywhere. Amber Vilhauer, V-I-L-H-A-U-E-R. And the website is the hub. You'll learn all about me and everything that I do there. But I'm all over social media, especially my YouTube channel. There's tons of great stuff on my YouTube channel. And we'll put we'll put links to the YouTube channel, website, all that in the show notes cool. so that everybody can find you. 
Uh, but I think uh, we, we want to ask next then is like, what are you geeky about? Like, you know, professionally and non-professionally. I, I want to hear about like the hobbies too, those kind of things. Well, you know, I'm geeky about live streaming. We covered that, I think a lot. So I would say on a personal level, music is like everything to me. Mm. What do you listen to? Everything. Like every kind of music. Sometimes I'll just listen to basic piano music and it just is wonderful for chaotic days when I just feel like I need calm in my life. But what about then, heavy metal? I don't see you as a heavy metal person. Well, when I'm working out, <laughs> yeah. All when right, I'm working right. out, I it's like the music isn't loud and intense enough. Like I just dial that up. Most of the time it's alternative rock. Sometimes it's indie. Sometimes I'm listening to like Ave Maria. I mean, like it's just, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I find that music is so great at allowing you to just feel. And it's that feeling that, that enables better connection and gets you better at marketing anyway. So it just depends. Yeah. Um, Are you Spotify person? Do you have Spotify? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you share, do you share your Spotify list at all? Only when people ask me. I want to. I want to <laughs> hear what you're listening to. You gotta... It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got country. I have an oldies channel. I have a Christmas channel because obviously. Okay, that's, uh, that's where I draw the fucking line. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say the other thing that I'll tell you that uh, is on my mind right now is beatboxing. Beatboxing. I Let's go. Really, Let's really. No, no, no. This is your platform. Like, this is your platform. No. This is like the thing that I want to get into, though. Like, oh. how how surprising is that? I would love that. Ever, ever. It's not about you. Let's hear you. It's, it's not about you. The listeners want to hear like, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, that's the thing I want to get oh, okay. into. That's okay. the thing I want to get into, for sure. So I'm going to geek out on that. And I that's geek cool. out on my, my kid all the time. Yeah. Geek out on my, I've got like a, a three-and-a-half-year-old. He's four in October. Mm. Man, that kid is amazing. Yeah, well, he's we all everything have, uh, I ever wanted in a kid. We all oh, have right. under five. Or under said yours is yeah. He's five. Mine's cool. five. So we yeah. all have under six year olds then. So. I, uh, it's intense. It's intense. Mm -hmm. But like he's amazing. Well, I, I got some recommendations for you. Uh, huh. You gotta you gotta get him into Adventure Time as soon as possible. <laughs> What is Adventure Time? What is Adventure Time? Well, you have to go on Netflix and choose Adventure Time and watch it. That's all I can adventure say. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's almost like Yellow Submarine for our generation. It's it's really oh awesome. Okay, it's really cool. good. Oh, great. Uh, Steven Universe, beautiful show, beautiful. <laughs> Steven Universe, and uh, on Disney Star versus the Forces of Evil, mm. which is uh, that in all of these shows are they're. They're very deep. I mean, you watch them, you could watch them, and sometimes they're stupid and maybe a little obnoxious, but uh, but when <laughs> but sometimes deep and philosophical. Yeah, I mean, you'll watch it and you'll there'll be an episode where one character will go through this metamorphosis or have like some event happen, and you'll be like, "Whoa, I can't believe they just went there." It's it's uh, but Adventure awesome. Time is yeah. It's, what it's what just, are you watching, Amber? Um, on I mean, if you ever find time on like. Amazon or, or Netflix or Hulu or whatever, Disney Plus, whatever. I mean, what are you watching I, that's inspiring? I, well, inspiring, well, I don't know. But I, I literally just finished Ozarks. I, <gasps> I had watched I season Ozark. one, and then I took a gap. I don't know why. I didn't even remember season two coming out. But then, mm -hmm. of course, COVID hit. Everybody's talking about it. But I was busy, man. So then it, was, it wasn't until May that I started season two and three. And, yeah, loved it. Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. Do you watch um, Better Call Saul? Yes. I, I like that show. 
Well, except I can't find a way of getting like the most recent seasons. It's like Netflix is behind in that. So anyway, you got to get your parents' cable password. Is what I. That's my trick. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but uh, no, and if you haven't seen Ozark, it's it's honestly oh, it's it is so well written, and it's and the great. way that it's structured is Brilliant. so good. Uh, I, yeah, I'm bummed that yeah. it's going to be another year before there's another I season. Know. It's one it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I'm drawn to like murder mystery detective shows because they're like slower paced and I, I get to wonder where it's going to go. I'm not like trying to get to the end as fast as possible, but it just settles me somehow. Did you see Knives Out? Knives Out, the movie? Uh-uh. You should check Ooh, that that's out. Good. That's really, it's a murder mystery movie. Came out in like November last year. Really good. Uh, Daniel Craig. Oh. I forget who else is in. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen uh, The Leftovers on HBO? No. Oh, it's a work of art. Yep. Here's your homework. It's, oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> See, can't write it down fast enough. Uh, cool. Well, uh, thank you for sharing with that, Justin. What are you? What are you geeky about right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, I have not had time to watch television recently or movies. No. So uh, yeah. I guess I'm geeky about work because I've been obsessively working for the last couple of weeks. Um, luckily, I, I just actually raised my prices in a few areas to to tone down demand. Uh, so that I could free up a little bit of time, and and uh, and I'm actually making a, uh, a a push to reduce my clients uh, because it's been that popular right now. So it's uh, kind of an interesting take, but that's what's ha- having to happen right now. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I I I am uh, currently well. I've got I've got one thing I'm super geeky about, and then another thing that I'm very disappointed in. I like <laughs> I, like like my heart is broken. Disappointment. Jeez. Uh, the first thing, the good news, was uh, Fleabag on Amazon Prime. If if you haven't seen Fleabag, it's... Never heard of it. It's, oh, Never my God. It. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, Obama said that it was one of his favorite shows. And so... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just have a... I'm doubting no, this. No, no, seriously. <laughs> it, where, can I, where can I validate it is, this claim? It is, it is uh, <laughs> it's fake news that he likes the show. Uh, but it, it, it's, it, it was, it's so funny and they only did two seasons of it, but, uh, but it, it's, it's just an unbelievably delightful, wonderful, uh, show and, and it has this British humor and it's, it's great. So Fleabag on Amazon prime. And then, uh, also on Amazon prime, I started watching Picard and, um, it's one of those things I, I haven't felt this way since I saw the the Star Wars episode one. We're about ten or fifteen minutes into it. I'm like, oh no, no, please don't tell me this is really what I'm watching. Not John Luke Picard. And then you go and you read the reviews. Oh my god, it was it was heartbreakingly bad. Uh, oh, not man. as bad as like as like the start last Star Wars trilogy heartbreak. But are you a big Trekkie, Amber? Ah uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you would not be at all. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's it. That's it for me. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, but, I mean, that pretty much kind of like comes brings the show to a close. Uh, Amber, we'll give you the floor one last time here to kind of uh, give your your final word of wisdom. That's going to change everything for our seven listeners. You know, it's always different every time I speak, <laughs> but this time, what I feel called to share is lean in. You got to lean in. Um, whatever you are resisting right now, whether it's something related to marketing, something in your personal life, a conversation that you're afraid to have with your wife or your husband or something that you want to do, you're feeling called to do it. 
lean in. Like, don't pause, don't wait, don't second guess, don't justify, don't say some other day. Like, I think what COVID and and the economic crisis taught us is like, you got to live for today. Like, it's now that matters. So lean in. That's what I want you to do. Life is short, folks. So love one another. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. (laughs) Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. You guys are the best. You're the best. Lean in. Amber Vilhauer, everybody. Yes. Thank you so much for letting me be here. <laughs> oh, thank you for uh, actually thank agreeing you. to do it. So uh, <laughs> please come back on the show. And uh, yes, with that, we are the Marketing Geeks out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andrew Sturgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. I'm Andro Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Now we play our music. That's not our music. It doesn't do that. You guys okay. are cracking me up. I know. See? Marketing Geeks.